Are you thinking about running for office? I'm local political fundraising consultant Gabe Magic. Sandeep, make the case here for for why folks ought to get involved with Gabe Magic Magic Consulting. Yeah. Gabe has been around a long time. He's got a consulting operation. Um, He does mainly campaign fundraising, but also campaign management work. He's experienced and done a number of campaigns. I know Gabe. I think he's a good guy. Like he's kind of his politics are more Erica's politics than mine. So he's on the kind of left progressive side of the divide. But uh, if you're running a campaign or interested in finding someone to help you run a campaign or think it through, you can reach Gabe through our <laughs> yeah. show notes, wherever you get your podcast, check out the show notes and they'll have, it'll have contact information <laughs> for Gabe. And if you want to advertise on Seattle, nice, get in touch with us, with us like he did through Twitter. It'd be a great idea. Welcome to the latest edition of Seattle Nice. I'm David Hyde, here as always with Erica C. Barnett, Sandeep Kaushik, and we got to jump right to it. It's almost another emergency edition. Every week's another emergency. This week, social housing. That's what it's called. Social housing, I-135. And we're going to hear two different perspectives, and they're going to be telling you, the listener, and me, the host of this podcast, how to vote. Sandeep Kaushik, Erica C. Barnett, how should we be voting on this social housing initiative that voters in the city of Seattle are uh, are facing. And maybe, Erica, why don't you start off and just by way of telling us to vote for it, tell us a little bit about what it would actually do. Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I have already voted um, and I voted for this. Uh, what it would do, and David, you should be familiar with social housing as a Canadian, uh, as our show's re- resident Canadian. Um, this is kind of modeled after what's done in other countries. So the proponents say it's Public housing that would be funded um, initially, uh, well, actually, we don't know exactly how it's going to be funded, so that's uh, part of what we'll get into, but it is uh, mixed income rental housing that would be permanently affordable at 30% of people's income, and it would be run partly by uh, the renters of the housing uh, themselves. Uh, they'd be able to have a say in how, how the housing is run and how their individual buildings are run. So uh, it's just a new kind of public housing uh, to put into the mix of all the other uh, types of affordable housing that we have here in Seattle. And what's great about it? Why should we, the voters, why should I, why should Sandeep, why should the listener vote for it? Well, look, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to uh, claim that this is the greatest idea of all time or that it, you know, is is fully baked. Um, you're, uh, you know, I'm not. In I the think a lot of, of people voted for Biden not thinking he was the greatest president of all time. <laughs> he, he was very baked, though. He was baked. <laughs> Someone's baked. When I say it's not fully baked, I mean, this this initiative is, you know, it is it is a reasonable initiative. It wouldn't actually build the housing. And I think that is a kind of a disappointment for some uh, proponents of, you know, let's build housing now. It would set up a public development authority that could then um, use tax revenues to ultimately build housing starting in about 18 months uh, if it passes. Um, and so, you know, so it's a, it's a first step. It's not uh, it's not a proposal to build housing. It's a proposal to set up a uh, a developer to build housing. Um, and the ways that the housing, I mean, the things to get enthusiastic about, I think, are the fact that this housing would be permanently affordable. The fact that proponents say that you know it would be self sustaining in the sense that you know because it's mixed income, people with higher rents would effectively subsidize the buildings and ultimately help pay off the costs and pay operating costs and stuff like that. Um, and uh, you know, 
we can't have too many different housing types in the mix when we have an affordability crisis at every single level, ranging from homelessness, uh, which this does not directly address, uh, to, you know, people who are uh, lower income, middle class who can't afford to live in the city. All right, Sandeep, you're against it. Why? Well, you know, and I should say here, I've been I've been trying to get to yes on this, right? I've been trying to, so I I don't start off in some kind of, you know, implacable opposition to it. I think there's some potentially promising ideas here about creating a new model for funding affordable housing that is separate and distinct from the existing model that we use here in the city. And, you know, maybe there's some potential to that. But the more I've been digging into it, I'm just I'm 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 not getting the yes uh, here and I just think that there's a lot of sort of nebulous squishy promises around this initiative that I don't think that there's that much likelihood that they're going to come to fruition. And let me just start with one real problem here. I mean, the biggest impediment to building more affordable housing, public affordable housing in the city of Seattle is a lack of revenue and there's obviously as Erica says, this just sets up a PDA. There's no revenue stream attached to it. And so I think the best case scenario coming out of this is that, you know, we're just going to have one more mouth to feed at the poorhouse, right? We're going to have one more, you know, nonprofit housing developer going after the same limited and completely inadequate pot of money to try to build uh, the kind of affordable housing we need on a much larger scale, right? And so I, I'm just, I, I, I think that's, most likely what's going to happen here. And that doesn't sound so great, which is why I'm kind of leaning no. Though, like I said, I I, I think it is well-intentioned and we can talk about it more. I think there are some ideas involved here that, that may... In theory, have some merit, though. Again, I'm 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 skeptical about them. Erica, who who's going to be developing this housing, and and why does it make sense to to you know vote yes on this initiative? Um, so the developer would be this PDA, as Sandeep said, a, a public development authority. So it's like Pipe Place Market is an, is a very well known example of a PDA. Um, so they would be developing the housing. Um, and, you know, a lot of the uh, details of this are still to be determined. Um, there's like an 18 month ramp up period uh, for those details to sort of be hammered out. But it's a, you know, it's a public developer. So it is, uh, it is not um, the same as other types of, you know, nonprofit housing providers. Um, I, and I would say too, you know, I think this notion that we can't have more um, different ways of funding housing because we're all, uh, you know, at the poorhouse um, is a really is a really limiting notion. I mean, I don't think that housing should be thought of as a zero sum game, and we have you know X million dollars, and that's all that will ever be possible. I mean, right now, uh, Governor Inslee uh, recently proposed four billion dollars in bonding for new affordable housing around the state. Um, there are th- th- things are possible, um, and and sort of just saying, well, you know. We've only got, I'm um, doing my Sunday voice here. Well, you know, we've only got so <laughs> many, so many housing dollars to spread around and we don't want to spread it around like peanut butter. Um, you know, I mean, let's, let's maybe <laughs> look outside the peanut butter jar a little bit and, uh, and, and think about, you know, is it possible that if we add this type of housing to the mix, you know, we could find other revenue sources. They do talk about new progressive revenue. Um, there's a progressive revenue task force, of course, happening, um, 
uh, at the city level right now. And so it's not like we are tapped out. Um, and I've been hearing this, you know, everybody's sick of taxes rhetoric since, you know, I, I moved here to more than 20 years ago. And it hasn't happened yet. I think people are compassionate. And I think people also, um, you know, have experienced, you know, that the lack of housing affordability in Seattle themselves. So um, so I think that's kind of a potent combination. And I, I don't think we should sell ourselves short. Ah, uh, God, I, I, I'm going to have to try to figure out how to do an Erica voice here. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I'll have to it's work on that for the game, next episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to work on that for the next episode. But, but, uh, a lot of the, a, 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 a lot of the arguments associated with this initiative are super, let me just be blunt, like, are just super fucking nebulous and kind of magic wandy, right? Like, like, yeah, they talk about progressive revenue, but they don't, tell us what it is or what they're going to ask for or how much or, you know, what's the, you know, they talk about the fact that because what they're really building here, and I think it is really important to note this, this is not, it's very explicitly says in the text of the initiative, which I just read, that this is not about homeless housing, right? This is about building mixed income, affordable housing, rising all the way up to 120% of average median income, right? So, um, uh, that the that the rent revenues from the the projects that they build are going to be um, uh, are are very likely to create enough revenue to not only pay off the operating costs but to create a surplus that can then get plowed back into building new uh, projects and new affordable housing. Or they even say that they can bond against these rent revenues to create another revenue stream. And so they're offering a lot of you know. Um, Thoughts here about how they're going to make this kind of, you know, semi self-sustaining or there's going to be all this kind of new ways to generate revenue that are going to come out of it. None of which is very defined and none of which seems all that likely to, to, to pan out in reality. So I, I, I'm, you know, I applaud them for their good intentions. I think we should be, to Erica's point, we should be open to, we shouldn't be high bound about how we, you know, that there's only one way we can do affordable housing in the city of Seattle. I'm certainly open to the idea that there may be other models to use, but as I'm looking here, I'm not seeing the math. Well, I mean, I will, I will that point out, Sandeep, that, you know, we fund lots of things that we don't see the math on. Um, I, it, like every nonprofit housing developer in existence that receives public funding, I don't think that you or I could go in and say exactly, you know, how each little slice of the pie is being used with every single nonprofit developer of the hundreds that are operating in this region. So, I mean, we are looking at the the finances of this at a very high level because it is on the ballot. Um, now that said, I mean, I guess what I, what I don't understand is what is the harm that you think will be caused if we vote for this, this public developer, set it up, you know, 18 months go by. I mean, you know, the city spends $750,000, which is, you know, the limit in the legislation and it works out or it doesn't. What is the harm you anticipate? Well, first of all, I don't know that that I'd have to go back and I, I just read it, but I'm not sure that it's the spending is limited to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. But um, they say that the city needs to fund them initially, and that that they should become self sustaining within eighteen months, and they estimate the cost to be about seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for that. But uh, uh, but but anyway, I look I, like I said, I think the best case scenario is we have another unfunded, you know, uh, non profit housing developer. 
uh, which has big dreams and no revenue. And then we're going to now have to have a conversation about where the revenue comes from for it. And there are already a whole bunch of other nonprofit housing developers that are in need of revenue to kind of build the, the housing that they build. Um, and, you know, some of them prioritizing, you know, zero to 30 AMI homeless housing, right? Others having, having, having more of a, a mixed range. So it uh, on one level, there's a scenario where this doesn't just add anything new except another, you know, another mouth to feed, right? Um, the I think the worst case scenario is that these are some well-intentioned progressive activists who don't have a whole lot of experience, if any at all, about actually building housing and building affordable housing, which is a complicated uh, – and ma- building and maintaining affordable housing, which is a complicated process, right? And we've got very um, well-established nonprofit housing developers in the city who do that from the Seattle Housing Authority, which we look at homeless housing, organizations like DS, DESC, where I'm the So wait, you're saying that only the established should, – how, I mean, those didn't all start. I'm out. saying that th- I'm saying that 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 we've got a bunch of like well-intentioned activists throwing out somewhat kind of nebulous pie in the sky ideas. Well, one of those well-intentioned, completely inconceivable that they'll blow through seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or a little bit more, or that they'll wow. even get some money and kind of fuck up a project. That sounds that's incredibly get, speculative. And I will point out that one of the well-intentioned activists that you're talking about, that one of the well-intentioned activists that you're talking about is Frank Chop, the former Speaker of the House, who's been working in affordable housing with solid ground and in other capacities for decades. So you're not talking, I mean, I, I mean, it is, it, first of all, it is incredibly condescending to say that they're just a bunch of idiots that are going to fuck it up. But they also... <laughs> I did not say they're idiots. I said they're well-intentioned activists. Okay. Well, I think you it was... You said idiots. I, well, I think it was kind of implied when you said they're going to just blow, just blow through that, this that, money and fuck it up. I'm not seeing a ton of expertise. I, I mean, this is this is originating out of How's Our Neighbors, right? An organization that was formed by folks at Real Change, um, essentially initially to oppose the Compassion Seattle initiative that never made it to the ballot. Uh, back in 2021, because of of legal issues with the uh, with the scope of that that initiative, um, this is you know there there are it's caused a I think a pretty big you know split within the affordable housing kind of the established affordable housing community. Like there are some uh, folks that are supportive of it. There are others, like I said, DSE is neutral on this. So these opinions I'm expressing here are my own. Um, uh, and, and there are, are some who have come out in opposition to it. Um, so I think there's a, there's, there's a, a, uh, there's both kind of, I think some interest in this, but also a lot of skepticism out there too, from the people who kind of are, are in the trenches building affordable housing. Sandeep, is is that Uh, the, is that the, is that the establishment affordable housing community saying we're already having to, you know, scrap for these dollars or however you put it earlier, not wanting one more competitor for that public dollar, essentially. I mean, is that part of their motivation in quietly or not so quietly opposing it? Well, I don't know. Quietly is wrong. I mean, I think housing development consortium, right, which is the umbrella organization for, for uh, affordable housing developers in the city initially came out against it. And yeah, I think they did. Say we think this could divert revenues away from uh, existing revenues away from you know important affordable housing projects um, uh, and 
Right. And and then now they they've moved to a position of a, a neutrality, right? Uh and so uh they have since then moved to a position of neutrality. So, you know, I, I, it, the, 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 like I said, there is a range of views about this uh in the affordable housing community when you talk to people about it. And um uh and as like I said, I've been trying to get to yes on it, and uh, but the conversations I've had with people just leave me skeptical that we're going to see the sort of, um, you know, results that the that the that the promoters of this are are um, are claiming are going to happen. So we'll see. I I do think I will say I do think this is going to pass. Right, like like I, there, there's no real organized opposition to it. There have been some voices, sort sort of older kind of. I don't know how you would describe them, America, but like John Fox and Alice Walt, like kind of kind of old school left progressives, but kind of I, I don't quite know how to describe those folks. But they they have sort of sort of led the charge in opposing it. But there hasn't been any real organized opposition to it. The um, Low Income Housing Institute um, is another uh, very uh, I guess mainstream establishment organization that has come out in favor of this. So. Um, it's not it, – there's certainly not unanimity in the direction that Sandeep is suggesting, um, you know, of neutrality or opposition. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the the opposition, interestingly enough, is people saying that, um, you know, it, it, it needs to be homeless housing only and we can't, we can't be funding these mixed-use projects, which is really um, a, a holdover argument from the 90s when people were arguing about, you know, let's not tear down public housing and replace it with mixed-use. I think it's people that kind of lost that argument. Um, so I think that is very telling. I don't know that um, that it's quite such a, um, a sure thing, Sandeep, because um, I know a lot of people um, who I've talked to who are like, what is this thing? I don't understand what it would do. Um, it's a special election in February when not a lot of people are going to be voting. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, there has been a, a huge uh, organized press push from those uh, those activists that you say are going to uh, blow through the money and fuck everything up. Um, and that I think that I think has been pretty <laughs> it wouldn't effective. be the first time that happened. <laughs> Give activists a pile of money and they blow through it and fuck things up. Like, I mean, you know, it's the Seattle way. It's the modern Seattle well, way. Well, there's a, um, I mean, the initiative, like, without <laughs> without getting into any of the boring details, the initiative doesn't hand the reins to a bunch of activists. It sets up a public development authority and there's a uh, board and it, you know, it, it's, it's, go read the initiative if you want to know the extremely uh, uh, boring yeah. details, but, uh, but it's not, it's not just handing the money to real change. Yeah. Look at the composition of the board. I mean, it's, it's sort of a, a, a sort of progressive wonderland sort of sort of thing about how we're going to we're going to check a lot of progressive boxes there's a lot of that in the in the in the text of this initiative when you look at sort of things like the composition of the board i'm not going to bore people with details about it they can go go look for themselves i mean again i'm not um i'm not wound up about it but i'm i'm i i, I my my guess is cuz look i do think there is widespread uh a widespread perception among voters, you know, mostly progressive voters in the city of Seattle, that we really need to do more on the affordable housing front. That that housing affordability is a major, uh, if if not you know the major issue in the city, and so I think that's going to predispose people to say we should, you know, as you're saying, Erica, you're you're kind of claiming I you don't know for sure whether this all works out, but why don't we try it? We need more, right? We need, I think that's sort of probably the prevailing attitude here. That's because um, it's a convincing argument. <laughs> I mean, if it, if- <laughs> I, I, I'm not very convinced by that, that, that argument when I dig into the details of this, because, you know, 
I'm 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 pretty skeptical, but but uh, but we'll see. You know, I I'd love to be proven wrong if they get if they pass this and get it up and running, and they're producing housing that that pays for itself, and they bond against the rent revenues to build more housing. And boy, you know, like like they create this quote unquote self sustaining, which is lang- a term that they've been using um, to talk about this. you know, a, a, a kind of self sustaining. I, I, um, I, I will say too, though, Cindy, if you're talking about building, they also, you know, they also would potentially, um, I mean, that would, it would not just be building, it would also be acquiring. And I think that is like, that's where things are going right now. I mean, including with Lehigh is let's acquire existing buildings that are not panning out for the market rate developers. And, you know, and, and you've got a building that's already on the ground. I agree. It's incredibly expensive to build housing of any kind in Seattle. It's crazy expensive. Uh, without without huge subsidies, but you know there are, there are new models that are actually happening that you know did not originate with this. So I have I have a little more hope than you do. Yeah, we'll see. I I think we're going to find out. <laughs> I, I, my, that's my guess. My prediction. If if people are hearing this before Tuesday, my prediction. Even though I, I'm going to be, I'm pretty sure I'm. I, well, I'm, I I think at this point I'm a no vote. Um, uh, uh, I think I just kind of decided today that I'm a no vote on this, but um. But I think I'm going to vote no. But I do think it's going to pass. And that's my guess. I feel like I'm actively <laughs> jinxing it um, if, I, oh. if I give you uh, a prediction. but Do you um, believe I, that? You believe that you would jinx it? No, I don't. I'm not superstitious. I'm not. I am very superstitious, and we can talk about that. Um, or you can talk. To well, I was going to say but... they, they say the best way to overcome let's, it is to just let's make Erica boldly jinx predict. It. Boldly Erica, predict. say it's going to pass. I I, Tell us I think pass. it'll pass narrowly. <laughs> How about there that? you go. Now you jinxed it. Now you jinxed it. <laughs> what if it didn't pass? Or, or do any? Does anything like this? Sometimes these things don't pass. I'm trying to yeah. think of the last one that didn't pass, but uh, uh, it's been a while in Seattle since we didn't pass something like this. Um, what if it didn't pass? Nothing, right? I well, mean, we got we've so, got the housing yeah. levy coming up in April, right? <laughs> right. Um, I hope I'm not getting that date wrong. And, uh, and so, you know, I mean, maybe that's, I, maybe that's a bad sign for the housing levy. Maybe it's momentum. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. H- housing levy will a be a November. Consultant. Oh, hey, it's H- in November. Housing November. Yeah. I, 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 I think it's November. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's not August. Yeah. Um, look, I, I do think we are going to see a very large. Oh, housing level. I was mixing proposal. it up with the uh, with the uh, behavioral with, with health. The, with the with behavioral yeah, health. Yeah, behavioral That's health, April, which, will, right? which will be in April. Yep. That's right. That's right. Um, the uh, the word on the street is that the housing levy proposal that's going to come out. So I, I did the last housing levy campaign, and it was, I believe, it was, it was about it was three hundred and some million dollars. I'm forgetting off the top of my head, which was double what the previous levy that was over seven years, a three hundred and some million dollar levy over seven years. I believe this levy is going to be, you know, maybe three times that. Um, and I think it's going to be that big because, um, there's been a lot of research done that shows that there's a, there's again, strong public support for doing more on affordable housing. So I think they're going to bring forward a pretty substantial, uh, housing levy proposal for this fall. Um, and you know, I, I think they, I'm not involved in the campaign. I think, my understanding is they've done their homework and they think that the public will support, you know, a level close to a, a you know, a billion dollars, which I think we're, where we're going to get up close to on it. And we'll see. I mean, I just hope that the economy doesn't tip into recession between now and then. There are a lot of things that could happen between now and November that could that could change sort of the political atmosphere. But I think the feeling is right now that they can go big. A- anything else? 
Uh, get your ballots in uh, February 14th, 8 yep. o'clock p.m. Tuesday. Yep. Tuesday. Oh, Valentine! it's the Valentine's yep. Day vote. Indeed. The most yes. romantic thing you can do is vote. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> vote together with your significant other on Valentine's Day. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening to another edition of Seattle Nice. I'm David Hyde. She's Erica C. Barnett. He's Sandeep Kaushik. Oh, my God. We, we had more people this week sign up for Patreon. If you're thinking about doing it, it's Seattle Nice at Patreon. You can also communicate with us. We've been getting some wonderful feedback, criticism, comments on Twitter. It's at Real Seattle Nice at Twitter. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.